Corner, the Renewal Singers and Diet Peters welcome you to What's New. We return today to Matthew chapter 27, moving on to verses 27 through 31. We have just seen Matthew's account of Jesus' trial before Pilate, the Roman governor. As we noted on our previous study, this trial was a mockery of Roman justice. Matthew tells us in verse 26 that at the end of the trial, Pilate released Barabbas to the mob but he had Jesus flogged and then handed him over to be crucified. Now, here in verses 27 to 31, Matthew gives us a picture of what the soldiers did to Jesus after he had been released into their hands. The soldiers were now free to do with him as they pleased. He became a plaything for this brutal, cruel crowd. Now, here are verses 27 to 31, and Matthew writes, But first they took him into the armory and called out the entire contingent. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and made a crown of long thorns and put it on his head and placed a stick in his right hand as a scepter and knelt before him in mockery. Hail, King of the Jews, they yelled. And they spat on him and grabbed a stick and beat him on the head with it. After the mockery, they took off the robe and put his own garments on him again and took him out to crucify him. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Pilate, the Roman procurator of Judea, released Barabbas, a seditionist and murderer, and handed Jesus over to the crowd to be flogged and crucified. Matthew 27, 26. I focused on these words yesterday. Flogging was done with a whip with bits of bone or metal woven into the leather thongs. The victim was stripped and tied to a post and whipped. The flesh soon became a bloody pulp, and the whip soon opened the body, sometimes so that the bones as well as the insides, the entrails, were visible. Sometimes flogging was used to weaken the victim before crucifixion. But occasionally flogging, although not the sentence itself, ended in the death of the victim. While the Jews had a law that limited flogging to 40 lashes, the Romans had no such law. 
flogging was only limited by the arm or the patience of the one who inflicted it. After Jesus had been flogged, he was handed over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then wove a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. Matthew 27, 27 to 31. This is a picture of humanity at its absolute worst. The cruelty of man to man cannot be fathomed or understood apart from the awful nature of sin. The vicious mockery and the terrible suffering inflicted on another human, to which this record testifies, must be evaluated only within the total depravity of man in view. The behavior of these Roman soldiers underscores the absolute necessity of Jesus' redemptive work. It always amazes me that man still thinks that he can save himself and that Jesus' saving work on the cross isn't really necessary. The soldiers took Jesus to the praetorium. That was an enclosure where the soldiers normally gathered. It was likely located in the Tower of Antonia complex, contiguous to the temple. Or it may have been in Herod's palace, or perhaps even at Pilate's residence. A company of soldiers numbered 600, one-tenth of a legion. Whether they were all on duty isn't certain. First they removed Jesus' clothing, they stripped him. Then they put on him a scarlet robe to mock him and make him look like a king. They wove a crown out of the branches of a thorn bush, and they put it on his head. They put a staff in his hand to look like a royal scepter. In mockery, they knelt before him, and they hailed him as King of the Jews. Jesus, the King of Kings, is crowned with a crown of thorns. But willfully 
They spit on him and repeatedly beat him with a staff over the head. Finally, they put his clothes back on and led him away to be crucified. Jesus was almost beyond recognition. Isaiah, 700 years earlier, wrote these words about the future Messiah. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man and his form marred beyond human likeness. Isaiah 52:14. In the next chapter, Isaiah wrote, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. 
Evidently, Jesus didn't speak a word. Not of complaint nor of defense. Isaiah had it right again when he predicted he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was like a lamb led to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Isaiah 53, 7. The big question is why. Why did he do it? Isaiah answers that too. He said, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in today, come in to stay, come into News, a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.